This week on Priority One, we trek out Toronto's newest admiral. Who's coming and going at CBS Interactive, George Takei's early attempts at LGBTQ representation, and then Klingons get frozen? Well, maybe we should just let it go. In Star Trek gaming, holograms have feelings too. Shalanak debriefs the players on Destination, and console captains get the Franklin. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by GamePrint. We thank them and our patrons for their support of Priority One Podcast. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 437 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly report of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. And available for download or streaming on Friday, November 8th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat. And I'm Anthony. And before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on our weekly conversations. Whether via social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Maintaining these features would not be possible without the support of our patrons, listeners like you, who support the ongoing production of this show by offering a financial contribution each month. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash Priority One Pod and check out how you can become an admiral in the Priority One Podcast listener fleet. Oh my gosh, we're always asking for money, but here's the thing, Captains, is that there are other ways that you can support the production of this show. And one of those ways is by joining the Priority One Podcast production team. We are looking for video editors, audio editors, Maybe even somebody to help us on our social media platforms. If you've been thinking of ways on how you can support Priority One Podcast and you have a creative streak or have wanted to get involved in the production of a show like ours, then just shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We're always looking for talented individuals to help spread the good word about Star Trek. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Mayor's Log, Stardate 47634.44. I find myself on a planet that is demonstrating peculiar customs. It appears the children, and in some cases adults, dress in costumes. Then they approach dwellings and ask for tricks or treats. In every case, treats are distributed, though more study may be required on what jujubes are. Trick or treat, captains! 
This past week, many people around the world celebrated All Hallows' Eve, or Halloween, or Dia de los Muertes. If you celebrated by dressing up as your favorite Star Trek character, then you weren't alone. Toronto Mayor John Tory donned a blue Discovery Admiral uniform while visiting school children this year, later explaining his motivation to the just-happened-to-be-there news crew. This is the uh, outfit of a, the uniform of a Star Trek uh, admiral. It is really in tribute to the show Star Trek, which a lot of people, uh, of course, are very familiar with through all of its generations, but also uh, people may not know that Star Trek Discovery, which is the present series uh, on television, is being produced here in Toronto. And they've made a huge contribution to the success of our film and television industry. They've spent more than $250 million in Toronto. They've created 4,000 jobs in the three seasons that they've been here. And so um, it was my pleasure to be able to put on uh, one of the Star Trek Admiral's uh, uniforms. The Motion Picture Association of Canada released an infographic of Star Trek's impact on the Ontario economy which included the creation of 4,199 local jobs and 257 million spent in local production costs. For a link to the interview and infographic, check out our show notes. So here's what I'm curious about. Do you think he got one from like Party City or did he get one from the set? What do you guys think? I think he got one, like a purchased one. I don't think it's one from the set. I don't know. I mean, if they're filming in that city, maybe he just asked to borrow one or something. If I was the mayor of a city where Star Trek was filming in, I would be all up on showing up on set, shaking hands, talking to people, like 100%. Yeah, sure. Like, if they're creating all this, you know, jobs and all of that, you better believe he's visited that set and hobnobbed with all those folks. So, I think it was from the show. Oh, I'm, if I was a mayor of a city and they were filming Star Trek, I would obviously be all on top of that. And it's quite possible he got the the uniform from their costume department. I would not be surprised. I just, I didn't think it looked that good. Maybe it just didn't look that good on him. <laughs> Regardless of your feelings about CBS All Access or Star Trek's residing on the platform, there's no denying CBS's forward-thinking approach in instituting the service. Now, the man in charge of overseeing the launch of the video-on-demand service, CBS Interactive CEO Jim Lanzone, is bidding the company adieu. On Monday, November 4th, news outlets reported the 48-year-old Lanzone, whose contract with CBS expires at the end of 2019, will leave CBS Interactive to become an executive-in-residence at Benchmark Capital. Filling the role of CEO will be former Chief Operating Officer of CBS Interactive, Mark Debevois. In a statement, Lanzone said, quote, It's been an honor to lead the CBS Interactive team for nearly nine years, and I'm thrilled that Mark will seamlessly continue the great work we've done together. Mark was one of the first executives I hired back in 2011, and he's been central to our digital transformation of CBS ever since. We've been planning this transition together since early in the year, and I know our team is in great hands going forward, end quote. For links, check out the show notes. So this is, you know, interesting, I guess. Um, do we know anything about the gentleman who's coming in to take his place? Uh, no, but I mean, you know, Lanzone definitely got the ball rolling because under his leadership, the division grew to 190 million monthly unique users uh, and launched a number of standalone streaming services that included All Access, CBSN, CBS Sports HQ, ET Live, and with that was named Chief Digital Officer for CBS in 2016. You know, they are touting the success of CBS All Access 
uh, as a huge, huge win for the company. So much so that now we're seeing, you know, everybody under the sun creating their own streaming service. They're not, they certainly weren't the first of the major broadcast networks to do it, and they won't be the last. Uh, it's interesting. I saw a, an interesting infographic that tallied up what the monthly cost would be for all the major subscription services like HBO and Disney Plus and CBS All Access, Netflix, Hulu, all that jazz. And it it roughly comes to about $90, 90 US dollars. And those are for the commercial free versions. That, of course, does not include having to pay your service provider for internet um, or any other thing like that. So the streaming boom is not over. George Takei is an icon. Whether he is spouting his famous, oh my, creating a presence on social media, raising awareness about the internment of Japanese Americans by the US government during World War II, acting as a leader for the LGBTQ community, or portraying Hikaru Sulu in Star Trek. It's clear that Mr. Takei is tireless, and he always has been. In an interview with PBS NewsHour, Takei praised the original Star Trek for its bravery and diversity before recalling a conversation with Gene Roddenberry regarding the series tackling the gay issue. Takei said he stole a quiet moment with Roddenberry at a pool party, offering his suggestion as a liberal rather than a gay man because he was too closeted then. I said, you know, we, we've dealt with uh, almost every social issue, uh, every... Uh, the civil rights, human rights uh, issue, and the gay issue is uh, another important one. And uh, have you uh, ever considered addressing that? And he said, you know, you're right. Uh, I'd like to do that. But he said, I'm uh, walking a tightrope. The interracial kiss was very controversial. Right, when Captain Kirk kissed Lieutenant Uhura, I was like, unbelievable. Woman. And so I've got to keep the show on to tell the stories that I'm telling, which aren't being uh, dramatized uh, metaphorically on any of the other show. I've got to keep the show on. And that, as you say, may be a bridge too far. For a link to the full interview, check out the show notes. You know what this reminds me of a little bit as we look back on, on TOS and the progress that we've made throughout the years to ensure inclusivity, or rather fight for inclusivity. I saw something that Warner Brothers had like put ahead of like a Looney Tunes cartoons or some of their old animated, and it was essentially a disclaimer that said, hey, a lot of these cartoons were created in an old era, but for us to, to, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course, and for us to try to manipulate the original storytelling would do a disservice to history. We need to show that this was wrong then and is still wrong now. I feel that TOS is no exception to that. There are some very questionable scenes in, in the original series that were of the era and of the time, even when Gene Roddenberry were, was pushing the envelope in terms of representation, in terms of addressing very controversial topics on a network television show, it's important to also look back and, and say, okay, that was, that was not okay, that was not right, and we need to move forward and, and continue the vision of representing the underserved 
and the voiceless. Yeah, it's amazing to me to see that there were even those kinds of conversations being had. It's really nice to hear that even though he felt like he couldn't get to it, that that was something in the back of his mind. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying this uh, to sugarcoat it. I, I, I honestly believe, in my opinion, that Star Trek should have tackled the gay issue earlier in TNG. I think TNG would have been the, the right time to do that. It's disappointing to know that it took 50 years before they had a major gay character on the show. But it's nice to hear that even behind the scenes, there were some of these bigger ideas and bigger conversations being had. And it makes you really think that he he was walking a tightrope and and trying to push it as much as he could without getting the show canceled. Um, And I I think he did the best that he could. And I'm thankful for for everything that uh, that we got to see. I think it just tells, you know, it tells the story of the evolution of our society, then yes, it took 50 years to see a gay character featured on the show, but they were aware of it and they were aware that the underrepresented, (laughs) underrepresented wasn't getting represented. And that was a, the show was aware of it, that they were trying to tackle those issues. And now it's progressed far enough and society has evolved. So you can look back at the show and say, yeah, that was wrong. At least you can recognize it. Um, Because there was a time, you know, everybody watched a show, no one thought anything was wrong. So, you know, especially like the pilot where Pike says, you know, it's weird having a woman on the bridge. Well, what? (laughs) You know, that's your first officer. Come on. I think you just look at it in a historical perspective and see that we have come a long way. We still have a long way to go, but there is progress being made. So don't lose heart. What I am hoping is that, you know, David Gerald said this during uh, a New York Comic-Con, not the New York Comic-Con, but another convention that happened in New York, New York, that he's disappointed that Star Trek has now been the last to do something like a gay couple. Yes, it's the first gay couple in Star Trek, but it's not the first gay couple in science fiction. You know, it's not. There are things that have already been addressed by other franchises years before because they were ready to push the envelope. And I'm hoping that Star Trek and the people guiding Picard, guiding season three of Discovery, uh, guiding Lower Decks, are not going to be as afraid to take leaps and bounds and push boundaries the way that Gene unfortunately had to in the 1960s. Well, I think that's a factor of network television as well. So a lot of those other shows that got to it before Star Trek weren't on a major network. They were allowed some leeway, but that just, again, shows that network TV is a little different standards than others, no matter how inappropriate. With fire and steel did the gods forge the Klingon heart. So fiercely did it beat, so loud with the sound, that gods cried out, On this day we have brought forth the strongest heart in all the heavens. None can stand before it without trembling at its strength. But then the Klingon heart weakened. Its steady rhythm faltered, and the gods said, Why do you weaken so? We have made you the strongest in all of creation. And the heart said, The kids asked to watch Disney's Frozen again. Ha 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 ha! Ah, but fret not, brothers and sisters. For we have a hero, 
Jen Uselis, the Klingon pop warrior. Highlighted on Nerdist.com, the warrior singer demonstrated how to make Let It Go, the song heard around the world, newish again. Take the Diddy, originally performed by Adina Menzel, throw it in a blender, add a heavy dose of throaty Klingon punctuation, and pour it into our Star Trek goblets. No ice required. The four minute and 26 second song is a little more folksy and a lot more aggressive than the original Disney interpretation, but it is no less beautiful. If you can't get enough of popular songs in Klingon, be sure to follow our link to the Klingon Pop Warriors YouTube page. That brings us to our first community question. What do you think of Let It Go in Klingon? Do you have another favorite Klingon Pop Warrior song? Be sure to let us know your thoughts in the comments section at PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our community question posts on social media. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to check out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Star Trek Online community manager Mike Ambassador Kale Fatum has posted a new fiction blog. In this story, titled Doctor's Orders, the newly created hologram Stamets meets with another member of Starfleet that has some insight into his current condition. The Doctor, from Star Trek Voyager, counsels Stamets on his newfound consciousness and existing in a foreign time period. We encourage you to trek out this new story by following the link in our show notes. It's been a while since we've had a new fiction blog, and let me tell you, this one was great. Like, to see those two characters interact, I was really happy about this. So I'm really glad they did this. Normally, I'd, well, I'll wait a little while to read those, but I read it right away as soon as I saw it posted, because it looked interesting and it was really, really good. So you should check it out. So this reminds me of an episode of Voyager that I recently watched. It's the one where one of the holographic data core backups gets left behind on the, the war-torn planet, and he wakes up 700 years in the future and is still caught between these two feuding societies on this planet. And at the end of that, he leaves the planet to head back to the Alpha Quadrant. Now, that was 750 years ahead of Voyager, which is roughly, roughly 200 years past Discovery, do you think that maybe the Doctor, the holographic Doctor, will have made it back to the Alpha Quadrant for Discovery Season 3? This sounds familiar. I, I, am I being punked? I feel like <laughs> no, I'm being why? punked. I don't think you watched the year, our After Hours, where you also had this theory. Who I did. Theory? Anthony. Yeah, what? I've talked, like, I've talked about this multiple times. Uh, we did a whole After Hours show about this. We all agree that I think it'd be awesome to see the Doctor in Discovery, if that's a thing. That could happen. That would be. I would 100% be behind that. He's a hologram after all. Why yeah, not? Exactly. Well, Elijah, as a matter of fact, I completely agree with you. I think that that is a strong possibility. And I think based on certain rumors that Robert Picardo had mentioned that he was possibly going to be in a new Star Trek show, one of the new Star Trek shows, I think that that's a very strong possibility. Star Trek Online's European community manager, Shalinak, wrote up a wonderful reflection on his first convention as a community manager. He details many of the activities and announcements that the Stowe away team were involved with over the weekend, along with a few anecdotes, including a luggage theft. To read Shalinak's full Destination Star Trek Birmingham debrief, check out the show notes. This was a great read, and he 
he talks about some great experiences. It made you feel like you were there. And his excitement for going there the first time as a community manager was really cool. And they had some really funny stories. I, I encourage anybody to check this out on, on the Cryptic blog. There's no doubt that the first time you go to a Star Trek convention, it's always a little overwhelming, but still one of the most memorable experiences you'll ever have, especially when it's a dedicated convention for a franchise, not something huge like Comic-Con. So awesome that they enjoyed their time and we encourage everyone to try to make it to a Star Trek convention at some point in their lives. The Tier 6 ship promotion has returned to the R&D packs on console this week and now includes the new Freedom Class Exploration Frigate, otherwise known as the USS Franklin Starship from Star Trek Beyond. From now until November 14th, when you purchase an R&D pack from the C-Store, you will receive either 10 Lobi Crystals or a special Requisition Choice Pack for a Tier 6 ship. All of the previous ships are available along with the new Freedom Class. And now, for some upcoming events in Star Trek Online. According to the new Events tab in Star Trek Online, the next featured TFO will be Into the Breach. And according to the newest Tribble server update, the new 14-day reward looks to be a Universal Console. The Voth Power Subcore, which gives a passive increase to shield hit points, an increase to shield resistance, and when activated summons Voth Combat Pets, dealing plasma damage over time and ending with a kinetic damage core breach. Completing the 14-day progress will also reward players with three featured reward boxes and 50,000 dilithium. Participating in this event should also continue your progress towards the free Tier 6 ship coupon. As with the Mycelial Crisis event, you will also have a choice in how you complete the daily progress. Needing 28 total progress for completion, participating in the TFO Into the Breach will give you two progress, while completing the Voth Encounters Patrol will give you one progress each time. You can only earn a maximum of two progress per day, and as of this recording, Cryptic has not officially announced this event yet. It does say in the Events tab that it will run from November 12th until December 3rd. And in Armada news... Do you play Star Trek Online on PlayStation and want to get involved with running the fleet? The Priority One Armada has some openings for senior staff on PlayStation, so if you would like to help us out, reach out to us on the website PriorityOneArmada.com if you're interested. Also, we're super, super close. I know I say this every week, but we really are getting like so much closer to the first Tier 5 colony upgrade for House of Martok, so if you've been contributing, thank you so much. In an effort to lend a hand to new players or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's our weekly top tip. One of the most wonderful things about Star Trek Online is its ability to immerse us into the universe of Star Trek. Nothing accomplishes this more than the LCARS user interface, which we use to interact with the game. When you create a new character and choose a faction, you're also choosing the LCARS style for that faction. And sometimes it may not quite fit the theme you're going for with that character. Or you may just like a certain style of Elkars better. Well, you can in fact change the Elkars color palette. You can not only choose from the other Elkars faction palettes, but also from specific races like Remans, Orions, Gorn, specific versions from TNG or Voyager, and even from classic versions of the Federation and Klingon palette. There is also an option to disable the red alert mode so that the interface stays the theme color when going into battle, but who would want to do that? So, this gives you some options when creating a new character, or if you just want to spice up your experience on that trusty main character. You can find these settings in the Options menu under Basic on PC, or under Options and then Options again on Console. 
In other gaming news... During the first episode of Netflix's new Cardi B-led singing competition, Twitter user at Justin Hall spotted something trectacular. While guest judge Snoop Dogg was giving Cardi B a tour of his L.A. home, they walked past a wall-sized mural of an intergalactic space battle between Star Trek and Star Wars spaceships. And if you, Star Trek Online players, thought some of the images looked familiar, well, you'd be right. The Star Trek Online Twitter account confirmed in a reply that some of these Starship images were, in fact, concept art for the game. Namely, a STO variant for the Sovereign class. In the tweet, Star Trek Online asked if Snoop Dogg played the game and invited him on their live stream. Trek nizzle bizzle for shizzle. Yeah. Wouldn't it be something if Snoop Dogg actually played Star Trek Online? Like, that would blow my mind. I don't think he does, but wouldn't that be so cool? Snoop Dogg, if you listen to this show, <laughs> reach out to us. Incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Yo, Snoop. We'd like to have out. you on the show as well. Or if your friend Martha Stewart listens to the show, tell Snoop Dogg to contact us. <laughs> yes, please. Anybody who, anybody who listens to the show and his friends happens to be friends with Snoop Dogg, let him know that he should nerd out with us. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about this on the live stream on Saturday. Panda, yes. Uh, Panda says, Snoop Dogg to appear in the Stowe featured episode, The Chronic Ton Anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well played. Come on, Snoop! Snoop a loop! Snoop Man, put the music back on. Let's get the party back cracking up in here, man. Well, that brings us to our next community question this week, Captains. Would you like Snoop Dogg to voice a character in Star Trek Online? If so, would he be a Starfleet Admiral, a Klingon General, a Romulan Agent? You tell us. That's it for this week in gaming news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and hear your incoming comments. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Our first community question last week was, what do you think of the new Star Trek Picard Admiral uniforms? From Facebook, Ed O'Connell writes, The Picard Admiral uniform makes a wonderful bellhops uniform, or a doorman in an exclusive hotel. It actually reminds me of all of those different TNG Season 1 and 2 Admiral uniforms. Everyone seemed to have their own design, and it was just a mess. This might be much better made, but I'm not liking the design. I definitely agree with you, Ed, about the season one, season two look. Uh, For me, though, I kind of like that admirals could pick their own uniforms. Although at the same time, I do kind of like the formality once we got to DS9, where everybody kind of had the the same style. Also from Facebook, Apostolos writes in, I don't mind it. I'm sure it will grow on me. That said, why are we still using the DS9 Generations Com Badge? I know my favorite my favorite Com Badge is actually the alternate future one, which they should be using now anyway. I don't know why they're not why they're not using it in in the shows because it was an alternate future. Not to me, it wasn't. From Twitter, Jem says, "I love it." And from PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy says, "Love the uniform." Also from Facebook, Lee Roberts writes, I need that Admiral's uniform in stow. Like, now. I agree. Release it now. I am overdue for a new Starfleet cosplay kind of thing. 
don't get me wrong, I love my stow jacket. I really do. But, I don't know, I kind of, I want options. I want to be able to be like, hmm, what am I going to wear today? Maybe it'll be the Admiral uniform. Maybe it'll be the Cadet. I'm going to wait until Picard comes out to see what the uniforms are for Starfleet officers. Because so far what we've seen seem to be Cadets, but not really a full Starfleet uniform. Like an acting, an acting serviceman. So, we'll see. Do you guys have any cosplay that you do? I was just telling Jake that, you know, I've always wanted to do the, the, the short answer is no, I don't have any cosplay, but I would love to do the Picard jacket. But then I realized that I actually have the TOS communicator and a TOS tricorder. I should just do a TOS cosplay, really. How about you, Kat? Uh, I have a TNG uniform and I also have Vulcan ears. <laughs> So yeah, I have some cosplay, but I need to update my uniform because I actually like the Discovery one. So I don't know. Time for an update too. Well, that wraps up episode 437 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to all of them and share them with your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like Diana Gunther, Darnell Dwayne Ross, David K. Rutley, Joshua Selig, and Peter Archibald. And before we go, here's our community questions for this week. First community question is, what do you think of Let It Go in Klingon? Do you have another favorite Klingon pop warrior song? The second community question was, would you like Snoop Dogg to voice a character in Star Trek Online? If so, would he be a Starfleet Admiral, Klingon General, or Romulan Agent? Tell us. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday. Just open your favorite podcast app or on a search for Roddenberry, and there you'll find us and our friends on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, you name it, we're there. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters and me and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's always something for all Stowe players, new and old. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit us at PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out about all the cool perks we have to offer over at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. And even if you can't make a financial contribution, one of the best ways you can help support the show is by sharing it with your friends. Once we post an episode... Be sure to share it on your social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, and let your fellow Trekkies know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. 
Each episode, The Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including William Hardy, Brandon Parker, Rand Hurl, Daniel Stevens, Roscoe McQueen, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, and associate producer, Shane Hoover, for assisting in the production of this weekly show. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But, most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Sue, no! Engage. I'm Anthony, and before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on our weekly conversations. Whether via social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter. Can you say that again? Or, dot com. I said com. Dot com. I said com. I made it a point to say com. Com. You know what's funny is that he didn't argue with me about it because he heard, you must have heard it yourself. I Cannot confirm nor deny yeah, whether I agree with you. You must have heard it yourself. And you were like, oh, man, I am saying dot something else. Dot what? What, what, what? I'm sorry. What? I, I, this is new Where, to me. What am I not, saying? It's not Can it's you not explain to, to me you. what I'm saying? Because this is new news not, to me. No. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. No, that's all right. It's, it's still too early for the, for the kids that are still awake. Advocate. <laughs> Do you see Jake? He went... <laughs> This is so. This is what you do when we're you're watching the show at home, and we change what you write. You're like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> it was real. It was real. What? <laughs> That's Elijah's favorite new space. <laughs> it was real. <clears throat> You know what's interesting is that Anthony is purposefully overacting, but that's a pretty accurate representation of that performance. <laughs> In my mind. All right. <laughs> and from Priority One Podcast Dom Com. Wait. And Dom Com. Dom Jot. Dom Jot Human Podcast Play. Human. Play dumb jobs. <laughs> Subscribe, human. <laughs> <laughs>
Ow! I hurt my elbow when I overacted. Famous <laughs> last words. <laughs> this is Elijah, closing sync one. This is Cat, closing sync two. This is Anthony, closing on possibly my last show, sync three. Closing in three, two. Well, that wraps up Anthony's last episode, 437 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.